When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Stanley Cup champions proper. The Tampa Bay Lightning, well, they did it again. At home, in front of their fans, with family and friends in attendance, and many, many miles away from the sanitary confines of an NHL bubble. And you know what? They just simply deserve it. It's the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. Justin Cuthbert with you after the Tampa Bay Lightning's 1-0 series-clinching Stanley Cup-clinching victory over the Montreal Canadiens in Game 5, which makes two Stanley Cups in 282 days. And we are witnessing, or we did witness, Nothing short of excellence. This is as dominant and as impressive a showing, a form, just an organization that we've seen in the salary cap era. The Tampa Bay Lightning are the standard. And it wasn't a certainty that they would fulfill the expectations put on them, their destiny, if you want to call it that. What we believed they could do, we weren't sure we were going to see that. But now with back-to-back Stanley Cups, the Tampa Bay Lightning have lived up to the billing. They are one of the great teams in the salary cap era. And unfortunately, we kind of know it's over, right? Like there was rumblings of the last dance sort of motivational element going on with Tampa because they understood that, you know, they can't find a couple players to sit out the entire regular season again. That's just not going to happen. There's too many good players on this team and too many that have to get paid and For that reason, this was going to be the last version of this team. And that makes it, that element makes it really special, right? Makes it memorable, makes it amazing for them that they were able to sort of rise to that occasion. But it's also a bit unfortunate, right? A little bittersweet. Because for many hockey fans and fans of this era specifically, this is going to be one of the greatest hockey teams that we've seen. And one of the greatest hockey teams that we've ever seen is just not going to be the same. But again, at least it achieved what it was supposed to achieve. Now, at the end of the season, it's time to, you know, write the legacy column, what it means, what the Stanley Cup means, maybe what the loss means to whoever is involved, how it shapes, you know, history and how it shapes how we're going to view things looking forward. And I think it's pretty substantial what this means for Tampa Bay. Obviously, back-to-back Stanley Cups only happened once previously in the Stanley in the uh, salary cap era, rather. This is a monumental triumph for them. But I think it changes a lot about how we look back on this team and the process of getting here, right? 
Like last summer, and again, last summer was so, so strange, right? So different. It was as if we were just thankful it was happening. And we didn't know there was going to be a Stanley Cup champion last summer. But because there was, and because the Lightning took that opportunity, that again, was not promised to them. Uh, it was sort of about not letting this outstanding team go to waste, right? But now that they've done it again, this summer, it's about establishing maybe the greatest team in the salary cap era. And I think it changes the way we should look back on even 2018-19. You know, that season ended after a 62-win season in which the Lightning tied the record for the most wins ever for a team in the regular season. They crashed out in four games to the Columbus Blue Jackets. That infamous loss, the infamous tweet that came after that, like Tampa Bay, Bay become the, like the laughing stock of the team. Like this was just a crisis, right? And we didn't know if they'd ever recover. And then they they add at the deadline last year and COVID hits and maybe it's all for naught. Like the Tampa Bay Lightning were just never going to get this opportunity. And then less than a year later, less than a calendar year, They've won two Stanley Cups in 282 days. So I think it should influence how we look even at 2018-19, right? Think about this three-year run. They do something that only one team has ever done before, which is win 62 games in a regular season. And then you follow that up with back-to-back Stanley Cups. The greatest three-year stretches of all time. It can make us forget a little bit about that four-game sweep at the hands of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Their place in history. I mean, we're going to be discussing it, and I think a lot more thought has to go into it. But the Tampa Bay Lightning redeemed themselves fully, fully and completely. As for, you know, what happened in the game, what happened in the series, I think we got to start with Andre Vasilevsky, right? And, And speaking of legacy, I mean, I mean, I'll ask the question. Is he already a Hall of Famer? Is he a Hall of Fame goaltender? five years into his career as a starter? I think he probably is. I think he's got a more impressive resume than lots of goaltenders that are probably in the Hall of Fame or going to be Hall of Fame bound. Two Stanley Cups, a Vesna Trophy, but he gets nominated for the Vesna Trophy every year and he probably should win it every year and probably should have won it this year, but didn't. So he's probably going to win a few more, but even if he doesn't, he's nominated all the time. He's the best goaltender in the league. And now he's got a Smythe Trophy to add to the ledger. It's crazy because he's got all this hardware already. Could walk away right now and have one of the great careers ever. But he's only getting started. And there was some debate about whether he was the right choice for MVP, but I think he was. Uh, and it was hotly it was hotly contended, really. And that says a lot about the Tampa Bay Lightning as, a, as an organization and as a postseason entity. But Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point were in the running, I'd say. Maybe Kucherov more so. And Kucherov had all, the, had all the points, right? Over 30 consecutive seasons, something only Wayne Gretzky and Mar- Mario Lemieux had done. Won the, won the scoring race by seven over Braden Point. Just gaudy point totals, and, and I get all that. But, and then on the, I guess Braden Point, you know, he almost tied the record for goal streak in the postseason, scoring in nine consecutive games. That's amazing, too. And he's like the heartbeat of the team in many ways as well. But I think they ate at each other, those two. I think both of their accomplishments in a regular year probably worthy of a Conspite trophy. But they took a little bit from each other while Vasilevsky is that one constant for Tampa all the time. Quite literally. 
I mean, he did not leave the net the entire postseason run. He didn't leave the net last year either. But what he did in these critical moments was really what separated him, I think, from the competition. He answered all seven losses with wins, and he allowed only eight goals in those games. So you're coming off a loss. It's not a must win if you're up 3-0 like they were in the Stanley Cup final. It's not a must win. But those are very important games. In seven of those games, all of which wins, he only allowed eight goals. So if you're Tampa, you just got to get on the board and you're going to win that game. 7-0 and in these playoffs, but 13-0 and dating back to last season. And again, with the Kucherov thing, I think last season helped him a little bit. Not that it needed to because he's, you know, same amount of point total. Same amount in terms of point total. But, you know, 13 straight wins after a loss dating back to last season for Vasilevsky. Just money every time Tampa needs a win. And he wasn't perfect in series clinching possibilities uh, for Tampa in these playoffs, but he had a shutout in all four series clinching games in these playoffs. He actually had five in a row if he did back to last year, but again, can't lump in last year too much. Just an absolute freak. I mean, everything that they need from that position, the stability is personified with Vasilevsky. He just doesn't allow them to slip into a hole. He is there every time they need him to be there. And that's why he's a worthy recipient of the postseason MVP. Very happy for Vasilevsky, but also very happy for Steven Stamkos. So very happy for a lot of players in the Lightning. But I think Stamkos is at the top of that list. And that's for obvious reasons, right? Played only a handful of shifts last year. Got handed the Stanley Cup from Gary Bettman, maybe somewhat sheepishly. Like it's it was kind of a tricky balance, right? And I think he handled it last year unbelievably well. I actually don't think you could handle that situation better than he did last year. And I'm really not sure if it felt lesser than to him last year's Stanley Cup because he wouldn't know, right? You don't have the experience of winning it when you were involved or fully entrenched in it. But it has to now, right? Given that he's gone through it now, he's been through the two-month grind, happened in front of fans, different circumstances, travel, everything. But the fact that he's gone through it now, won it again, and was fully involved, he has to look back at last year and think, well, this is superior, right? It's got to feel that way. For Stamkos, he's not a dominant player anymore. He had a great playoffs. He scored a ton of goals. I don't think he's, you know, he wasn't very good in the Stanley Cup final. And I think a lot of people will remember his performance for the Stanley Cup final because that's what they were more tuned in. But he's not a dominant player anymore. It's not his team anymore. I'm not even going to sure, I'm not sure what's going to happen in the future with Steven Stamkos and the Lightning. This team belongs to many players now. But this moment was more than a decade in the making for Stamkos and this organization. He has been the face of the organization for so long since he was drafted first overall. And he's one of the greatest players of his generation, certainly one of the greatest goal scorers of his generation. This moment is richly deserved. And for him, it just eliminates, you know, the butts. There shouldn't have been butts, but there were going to be butts. People were going to say, yeah, but he wasn't even involved in that Stanley Cup. And now they can't. No one can knock Steven Stamkos for being a Stanley Cup champion anymore. Because he is a legitimate, full-fledged, through-the-meek-rider Stanley Cup champion. And it looks like he may have spawned a new tradition. Because last year, I think a part of that sheepish, uh, 
you know, recipient sort of situation with Gary Batman. He called the entire team over. That's what they wanted to do, have the entire team there. And I think it's better with Gary Bettman having his spiel with the entire team at his back. And, you know, I'm a sucker for the Stanley Cup lift. I think it's one of the coolest moments in sports. It's the best championship celebration. This isn't a please like my sport moment. It just simply is. I don't care if you like it. I like it. But it's cool when the team gets to be there and enjoy that moment and sort of pump up the captain as he's about to take the trophy away from the NHL commissioner. And I think it's a cool new thing that may have just started because of the Tampa Bay Lightning and because of Steven Stamkos. As for this game, I think it's game five specifically. It's kind of ironic, right? What what happened in terms of goal scoring with David Savard setting up Ross Colton for the only goal of the game. The Stanley Cup clinching goal. Ross Colton may be on a trivial pursuit card one day. Who knows? Um... But these two guys, Savard and Colton, were the only real newcomers, right? The, the, the amazing thing about the Tampa Bay Lightning is the continuity in the salary cap world. In a world where they have so many good players and have to pay those good players a reasonable amount of money. They didn't have room for change. They had room for loss. They lost a few players. Kevin Shattenkirk, Braden Coburn. Not too many, though. But they lost a few players. But Savard is the only guy who's, you know, a free agent acquisition. Colton was with the team last year. If he was in the bubble, I have no idea. I apologize. But he's a new a new addition to the team in terms of taking a spot and being more involved. But David Savard was really the only new guy, and he came at the deadline. And that's the one interesting thing, right? Is I'm not sure they got what they thought they were going to get in David Savard. I think they probably thought he was going to play with Victor Hedman on the top pair and didn't. But even then, like the Lightning don't miss, right? Julian Brisewald does not miss. The one guy he brings in, the one guy he manages to work the money around and get in with injuries and LTIR and all the other nonsense that gets into building a hockey team. Maybe not exactly what they thought he'd be. Played rock solid third pairing minutes, don't get me wrong. But he's the guy on an unchanged Stanley Cup winning team that sets up the goal to the new guy who played all season long but wasn't a part of it last year. That's what makes the Lightning so special is that team basically went unchanged. Even the taxi squad. Like, they got Mitchell Stevens coming out celebrating the Stanley Cup and he played a couple games, I think, last year. Didn't see him at all this year. But the taxi squad still has guys that you could put on the fourth line and they wouldn't miss a beat. Matthew Joseph comes in, they don't miss a beat. Tyler Johnson moved up to the second line. Colton moved up to the second line. It doesn't really matter. They just have such depth of talent despite the issues that they obviously have with the salary cap. Uh, And again, that's probably over now, which is sort of bittersweet. That continuity, it just doesn't last. And it's a miracle that it lasted as long as it did. And it's kind of funny that the two guys who are foreign to this team, at least they were coming into this year, combined for the goal. I think the question now is how quickly do we see this change? Um, they don't have a long list of unrestricted free agents. I guess they could be relatively the same, but the free agents are pretty key. Barclay Goodrew, Blake Coleman, those two guys were just massive in this game. I mean, Blake Coleman, his penalty killing in this game was as good as you can buy with money or the normal currency. Unbelievable. 
what Blake Coleman did uh, in terms of penalty killing. And really his first period was like, you know, it, it was absolutely incredible. His highlight tape from the first period. There was a, lot, a couple of legal things in there, but he was just a man possessed. And then Barkley Goodrow with the huge shot block from Shea Weber, maybe the best chance the, the Canadians had down the stretch when they were chasing the game. And he was the one who stepped in front of it. Those two players, which form this difference-making third line, and maybe the greatest lesson from that four-game sweep against Columbus was the fact that they needed an element like what Goudreau and Coleman can provide. But anyway, they're both UFAs. So is David Savard, and maybe that's not as big of a loss. But Coleman and Goudreau are irreplaceable players, and they may be able to get them back. It might cost something else from the roster. It certainly would, because you've got to pay them. But... I don't know if they'd be considered the major domino, but I think we're going to see a major domino, not just because of Seattle and the expansion draft. They're going to lose a player there, but there's just got to be change to this team. They know it. They acknowledge it. They understand it. This was the last dance. Uh, so possibly it's possible. Goudreau and Coleman are back, but that's probably going to mean another big name is gone. And I don't know who that's going to be. Uh, and I don't know how fast that's going to come, but I do know the Tampa Bay lightning are going to enjoy this parade Enjoy the boats, enjoy the beers, enjoy everything that they weren't able to enjoy last year when they won inside a secure zone. Um, but not long after this celebration dims, uh, we're going to see major change to the Tampa Bay Lightning, which again, a little bittersweet. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Um, as for the game itself, maybe not exactly what we expected, at least with the way the winds were blowing. Um, if you told me this was going to be an offensive explosion and a laugher for the lightning, I probably would have believed you. Uh, but it was really the opposite. It was not uh, an offensive showcase by any means. It wasn't really a dominant performance from Tampa Bay in terms of maybe what we expected coming in again. In fact, Montreal was getting back into this game to the point where it was almost surprising when Tampa scored its goal because Montreal had just been winning more and more shifts, more and more battles, and seriously putting their getting some traction uh, within the run of play. But once Tampa did score that goal and all the numbers and patterns and trends, all that stuff started to add up, that one nothing lead just very quickly seemed insurmountable. But, you know, despite all that, because it doesn't matter how many times you win or hold a lead or 
whatever. I mean, you can lose the game. There's there's always an outlier. There's always the end of a certain trend or something going not the way it usually does. But the difference with the Lightning, and it was illustrated in this game completely, the difference with the Lightning compared to other teams is that they can play multiple ways. And that offensive explosion that I thought I mentioned might have come or many people expected to come, when it didn't come, it didn't make the Lightning fold in that moment, right? Because not only can they overwhelm you with their incredible top-end talent and their layers of attack, they can just lock it down too. And that's really the difference, again, between the Lightning and all other teams. Certainly the teams that Montreal faced on the road to this point. The Toronto Maple Leafs, one note. Really, they played the same way. Vegas Golden Knights, one note. They could not adapt. I don't think the Winnipeg Jets even had a chance against Montreal, but I digress. But Tampa, they can do it multiple ways. They showed it against the New York Islanders and they showed it again against the Montreal Canadiens. And when the offense wasn't working, maybe to the extent that they envisioned it would, they could just change the way they were going to play. And they changed from an offensively potent team to the team that was just going to lock you down and become impenetrable. And that's exactly what happened in this game. The Lightning can adapt. Most teams cannot adapt. And that's why the Tampa Bay Lightning are Stanley Cup champions again. Quickly for Montreal, I mean, the first thing I'm sort of thinking about in a series in which we thought was pretty lopsided coming in and turned out to be rather lopsided was, did Montreal quit itself reasonably well? I think the answer is, yeah, to a certain extent. I mean, Tampa was clearly the better team. But I think Montreal found a way to close the gap. And that was really the story of Montreal's postseason is they took in data early, right? They took in data in games one and two, always played on the road. They took in that data and then they found a way to become more competitive or better than the opposite team. And I think they reached that point where they could be very competitive in the series in game three and it didn't go their way. They weren't rewarded for the fact that they were a much better team and maybe the better team in game three. Uh, they finally, you know, I think they played their game in game four for the first time really in the in the, in the the final. They were able to play their game because they got the lead finally. Uh, yeah, they, so they they closed the gap and we're, they were within two games of the series and at least forced the game five. And I think they played pretty well in game five. I think they could have won the game. I mentioned they were starting to take over the game. That The fact that the goal came in that stretch as it did, you'd actually think Montreal should have got it. Um, but the way they were able to swing other series in their favor, that just wasn't going to happen against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, so was the series competitive? Maybe not. Were the games competitive once Montreal got themselves immersed in it? I'd say so. This isn't going to be a memorable final by any means. It's going to be memorable only for the fact that the Tampa Bay Lightning accomplished something that few teams could ever dream of thinking or thinking they could accomplish back-to-back Stanley Cups. Um, But I think from game to game, uh, Montreal certainly didn't embarrass itself. Not one bit. Um, So that's the end. That's the end of uh, not quite season two officially, the Iowa Sports Hockey Podcast, but the end of this postseason run. So I do want to thank you all for listening if you've gotten this far. 
We do still have some fun stuff ahead here with the expansion draft and the NHL draft and also free agency. Um, But if you've been listening on this playoff run, I will ask you for a favor. If you could please review, rate, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use and also on YouTube, that would be very, very much appreciated because it'll help us continue to make great content and important content like on zone time. Maybe this isn't as important, but what they discuss on zone time and what I discuss sometimes with Julian and the crew on zone time is pretty important. Uh, And if we get more subscriptions and views and all that stuff, it'll help us bring in more folks that deserve the platform to talk hockey, the chance to talk hockey. So please, if you made it this far in the podcast, do me a favor and do what you can to engage with the show. Do what you can to engage with Zone Time on YouTube and on Twitter and all the socials because it'll continue to give us the opportunity to bring great content into your world and to have more people delivering that content. Um, As for this show, it's not quite summer yet, but the season is over. Uh, Again, expansion draft, free agency, the draft, that stuff is still to come, but the late nights are over for me. The Tampa Bay Lightning are Stanley Cup champions again. Now, we need to define their place in history, but I'm going to get some sleep before I do that. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.